you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, today um, we're going to continue on through um, this this journaling pattern of taking what, what we're doing through our Bible reading plan. Now, if you're new with us, if, if maybe you don't even know the Lord yet and you're here and you're just checking us out or maybe you're visiting um, today, what we've been doing is we've been taking a journal that you can buy at the um, Info Hub. It's just selling it pretty much at cost. Um, but it's a Bible reading plan that we allow us to go through uh, a systematic way of getting through the Bible the entire year. So what we've been doing is we've been preaching through something that has transpired in the readings of that week leading up to it. And so today I'm going to be in two places, Hebrews and in James. Um, if you have your Bibles, please turn there with me at least to those sections. Um, James follows Hebrews. It's towards the last little part of your Bible. So open it up to uh, the last little bit. And you'll find that. By the way, how many people have had the joy of journaling along kind of with us? Maybe not every day, but just for a little bit. That's great. Keep going. Keep going. Um, I'm just so encouraged how God just speaks to me. And uh, I know he's speaking to you as well. You know, the word of God is alive and it's active. And so you're just not reading words. You're just not reading stories. You're just not reading historical accounts. That as you read the word of God, the word of God is reading you and uh, he's the spirit of God is interacting with you. And so it is so wonderful to know how God just encourages us and sometimes corrects us uh, through his word. But he always does it in a loving way. Well, today I'm going to be talking about um, the thing that is important to how to please God. Anybody, anybody people pleasers here? Yes, you know, some of you maybe are, you know, um, and that's not always the best quality, right? It's like we're just trying to please everybody and sometimes we get lost in the, in the middle of that. But there is somebody that we should always be considering about pleasing and that is God, our creator, right? Would you agree that it's, it's okay to be a God pleaser? Yes. Well, as a God pleaser, there's, there's something that says here in, in Hebrews that that caused me to pause and to consider this, that there's a statement that the author of Hebrews says that it's impossible to please God without this. Do you know what this is? Faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. So I think the first part that we need to look at, and in Hebrews chapter 11, it's a great, great chapter of all these, we call them the heroes of faith. Interestingly enough, one of those heroes is a prostitute, Rahab. But going into these, these different um, people who have responded to what God has said to them, and they've responded with great faith, and so it's important. If we say that without faith it's impossible to please God, then I thought it might be a great idea today to understand what faith is. Agreed? If we want to be God-pleasers, and it's impossible to please God without faith, maybe we should understand what faith is all about. Well, in chapter one of, uh, sorry, of verse one of chapter 11, it tells us what faith is. At least a, a pretty good definition. It says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith is 
a future hope. You hope for it. And you're hoping because you don't yet see it, right? So that's what faith is. You're, you're hoping for something that is going to transpire in the future, uh, but yet you don't see it. Now, it goes on this whole list of the people who had faith. And I'll tell you also what faith is not, because I think sometimes it could be misconstrued of what faith is. But here in verse 6, it says this, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. If you have your Bibles and you don't mind writing in it, underline that. Or write it in your journal so you can write it, um, uh, underline it later in your Bible. It's impossible to please God. And if we're God pleasers, we want to please him. Faith, how do we have faith? Now, we would say when we give our lives to Jesus, that's faith, right? We, we're hopeful in, in the saving grace of Jesus. Now, we do have evidence of it. Once we give our life to Jesus, we just realize we see the world differently. Our, you know, the weight of the, our shame is gone. All the weight of the world is gone. And we realize that something has happened in our lives. So there is some evidence, but it's not necessarily like tangible, physical. But then there's realizing that God has a plan and a purpose for each one of you and for me. And it's going to require you to act in faith for us to accomplish the things that God has for us. All right, so let's just talk about maybe what faith uh, isn't. Faith isn't just coming up with something in your own mind. Like I was, had an opportunity to spend a few days with my family um, at the beach. And uh, right along there, there's some amazing beach houses and began to dream. How many have dreamed about a beach house sometime, right? Oh, I'd love a beach house, right? We started dreaming. So, but what faith is not is I can believe that I will have a beach house someday. And that's going to be pleasing to God because God wants to give me a beach house, right? <laughs> well, maybe he does, but it would take God to speak that first for me to have faith to believe that God wanted that for me. I think the faith sometimes becomes a challenge when we just start believing in things and not believing in the one who is speaking things to us. See, I love that, that Pastor Richie ended in that. I believe that wasn't planned, faithful God. And he's talking about this is what faith is. You're believing in a faithful God. Having faith is believing in a faithful God. That he's faithful to do what he says he's going to do. Now, this is the important thing about faith. God initiates the plan. God initiates by speaking to us what his desired word is. And so when we're talking about faith, we have to first think about the person of God and Jesus or the Holy Spirit and realize that he initiates the thing, the initiative of what he wants to do. Now, what, when he speaks to us, typically it is outside of our ability, because if it was in our ability, then he wouldn't ask us to do it, we would just do it. When he asks us things that are outside, he gives a whole list of people. Um, Noah, there was no uh, rain in the world at that point in time. The earth was fed by springs underneath. 
And yet Noah built a boat, trusting that God gave him that instruction and everybody was ridiculing him. What are you building? Because we've never seen any kind of rain before. But he was faithful. He believed in a faithful God and, and Noah was faithful to do as God said, not knowing what the outcome would be. Abraham with Isaac. Abraham was given a promise. You are going to be the, the father of nations. And so many of your descendants would be like the stars in the sky. And his only son that is born actually in a promise to Sarah as well. Then he goes up to sacrifice his son, which I don't recommend anybody sacrificing their kid, by the way. That would kind of be weird today. You'd actually be put in prison uh, to do that. Um, but, but back in that day, and he didn't sacrifice his son, but he was willing to go. And yet God provided a way out. But he was counted faithful. And he believed, the Bible says that he believed that God would provide a way. And he even believed that God was, had the ability, the Bible says, to raise Isaac up from the dead. And so this is what faith is. God initiates. We don't see the plan. We don't see how it's going to happen. It seems supernatural, but we believe that God is faithful to accomplish. He's able to accomplish anything that he says. Track it with me. Now in James, we have another part of faith, which I love They're They're kind of connected. So in James chapter, um, Chapter 2, James chapter 2. This part is talking about faith. So the first one is belief, right? We believe in God. And, and, but he says, faith without works in James chapter 2, verse 14. That whole section, 14 through 26, is titled Faith Without Works. So we can believe, but if we don't have action to the belief, our faith is actually dead. So it takes faith to please God, but then it takes action for faith to be real. It takes faith to please God, but it takes action for our faith to be genuine, real, to be alive. Because he says, actually, the demons actually believe in God. In verse 19, it says, even the demons believe and shudder. So faith is just not belief. Faith has to be matched with action. So if God has spoken something to you, which by the way, I already know what you're going to say. We've talked about this before. I don't hear God. I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, it's great for these people. Like, Noah, go build a big boat. Um, okay, he did it. But was it a booming voice or was it this? What was it? The reality today, we have the Holy Spirit, yes, but we also have the word of God, which means we start here. We start understanding what God has already spoken to us. We take scriptures that we already know that are on God's heart, and we can say that we need to act in these ways. One of the scriptures is his heart, God's heart, is that none should perish, Right? He doesn't want to see anybody have eternal separation from him. Example, hell, i.e. hell. Right? He doesn't want to spend, have anybody spend eternity in hell. 
He wants everybody with his family together with him. And so his heart is that none should perish. Well, if that is a promise that God has given us, that he's saying, by the way, I want every person to participate in my kingdom work, and my heart is that none should perish, then guess what? One of the promises, one of the things that God is already asking you to do is to share your faith, to share your story of what Jesus has done in your life. And he's already spoken to it, but your faith doesn't come into, it doesn't come alive until you do something about it. So when's the last time you've shared your faith with somebody. I had the opportunity yesterday uh, to share my faith with a, a young woman. She was driving me around the racetrack. I had the opportunity to do the invocation yesterday for, uh, for the race. And uh, somebody was traveling around. She, I just happened to be talking about regular life and, and, uh, and the conversation of God came up. She basically said, I you know, I don't have any God experience. I don't, I don't go to church and had an opportunity to share my story and then just told her that God loves her and he really wants to be in a relationship with her. And a simple prayer, just inviting Jesus into her life is all that it would take. And I said, you do that tonight. And I said, would you do it? I wasn't in a place to pray with her right then, but she said, yeah, I'll do that. And it was so encouraging. But yeah, that is, that was my faithfulness and knowing that God is faithful to, to use my action to see somebody's life be transformed. Okay, so let me give you a real practical example of this. So, um, so my daughter, Abigail, is, uh, she's going to be a senior next year. She's already starting to look at colleges. So as a father, I'm, just pretend for a second that I'm very wealthy, pretend, right? That I have the ability to send her to any school in the United States. So I just know her heart is, is set on a certain school, but I know how I've designed her. Well, I didn't design her. I know her qualities because I am her father, right? I know what she is, her contribution to this world is going to be. And I'm, I'm going to like, this Ivy League school is going to be perfect for her. And I go to her and say, Abigail, I desire for you to go to this Ivy League school. She goes, Dad, that's awesome. She goes, but ah, my grades aren't good enough. My, her grades probably would be good enough, but just making this up, my grades aren't good enough. Dad, I mean, do you know how much that costs? Yeah, of course I know how much that costs. But if she never, so, okay, so here I am. I'm giving her a promise. I can send you to any school you desire because I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you hope in a future. I have this great school picked out for you. And if Abby never, ever filled out an application, would she be pleasing to me as her father? To know that I had this great plan for her and yet she never believed that I was capable of doing what I said I would do? No, at that point in time, see, it's, it's at faith. Without her faith, her faith, it was impossible to ple be pleasing to me. Now, where the pleasing part would be is like, Dad, I believe in you. I, I, don't, I don't see that you have, I don't see your bank account. I don't see that you have the ability. Maybe I don't see all the things that you see in my life, I don't see it, but I trust you. 
I would love for her to say that, actually. <laughs> I trust you, Dad, that, that you have the ability, if you said it, to follow through on what you've said. Now, if she just said that, I believe, but never took the time to fill out an application, never took the time to go check out that school, the, uh, what the Bible would say is impossible to please her father at that moment. But that's why also faith without works is dead, meaning faith without action is no faith at all. Belief conjuring up in your mind saying he has the ability without the partnership of your part, which is action, which is filling out the application, go visiting the school and believing that, dad, if you said so, all right, we're going for it. But I think as followers of Jesus, I think sometimes we just get into this belief mode and then we actually don't execute in our actions to believe what God has said. So one thing is his heart is that none should perish. The other thing is, is that we're already given the instruction, go into all the world proclaiming the gospel, preach the gospel. And, and yet we come to church and how many of us are going out into our workplaces, our community, and sharing the good news of Jesus? I don't know, for some reason, God has really been stirring in my heart lately this idea of, of um, I've never really been an evangelist, and I don't even like to use these terms, but all an evangelist is is one who wants to share the good news of Jesus. But as I've been looking around New Hampshire, as I've looked at our statistics of seeing that, that New Hampshire is the least reached state in all of the United States, and I see the opioid crisis, and I see the foster care crisis, and I see the hopelessness that are in our teenagers in schools today, and the depression, and the depravity, and then I'm realizing, is there an equation to what's happening in our society to the faithlessness of myself to go into the world and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, which is the hope, which is the answer, which is the solution to all of this. But he's been stirring in my heart and I said, do I just believe that he wants all to be saved? Do, does, do I just believe that, that somebody will do it? Like I'm doing my part here, right? My, I'm up here, I'm just encouraging people, but am I really doing it? So I have been challenged and I am stirred on the inside to believe that the Lord is asking us to be more full of faith. The, the good news is that we don't have to muster up faith that one of the gifts of the Spirit is faith. So it's not for us to have to muster up, it's only for us to ask. Ask. You know, if you want to have more faith, you just ask and the Spirit of God will generously give you more faith. But it starts this way. If you, if you want like a little point, you're taking notes, like what's my first step? I think the first step is listening to the voice of God. 
hearing what he is saying. Because if we just believe and if we just conjure up something in our own mind, is it really faith? No, faith is believing in a faithful God. So what he says, see, Abraham, the the whole list, Rahab, when she dropped the spies out the window and her family was saved because of it. She was the prostitute. And yet she's listed in this category of faithful people, full of faith. But it was because they were initially heard instruction from God and that they believed that the God of the universe... He is able to do what he says, what he's asking us to do. He's faithful to do those things through us. Listen, trusting in what God says. The next part is obedience. I know that word obedience doesn't sound like it's uh, like a culturally relevant word. Like, uh, I mean, everything's relative, right? Everything's, you know, not black and white. So obedience, obedience to what? And I would say obedience to the word of God. See, I think that's where the action takes place. Noah was obedient to build the ark, even though he said that would have been ridiculous, right? Am I getting hoarse? Thank you. Obedience to take action. Now, just the obedience has to just come out of what the Spirit of God is revealing to you. When you're at work and you realize that the, all of a sudden somebody's tugging on your heart, like my, my encounter yesterday with this gal, was, it was just like a heart tug moment that was like the conversation is naturally turning there and, and God wants something in that conversation. And then you have to jump at that opportunity in obedience. And that's faith without works is dead. So that's why the action part is so important. My question for us, though, is what is it that we're missing out on? What great things is God wanting to do through us that will actually be supernatural? Because when all these things that the heroes of faith have responded to, Sarah giving birth beyond birth aging, beyond childbearing years. There we go. (laughs) Birth bearing? That doesn't sound right. Beyond childbearing years gave birth to Isaac, right? This promise that God had given them and, and even in the natural didn't seem possible, but yet they believed and they had to, oh, I wasn't going to go there, but I'm going to go there. They actually had to do something to make it happen, right? <laughs> That's not so bad of a thing they had to be asked to do to make that happen, but they had to have faith. All right, some of you guys aren't with me yet. I'm glad. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but faith without works is dead, And you have to believe that when God speaks it, that we not only believe it, but then we actually execute, we follow through with what God is saying. So this is why we've moved into a season of really encouraging you to be in the scriptures yourself. Because just a 35-minute message once a week is not enough for you to train your ears to hear God's voice. 
And by the way, the Bible says we're all kings and priests and, and that we're a kingdom of priests, which means that each one of you are ministers. And all it is to be a minister is you're ministering what God has been speaking to a world that needs that hope and that needs that, that invitation to participate in this kingdom of God living. impossible to please God without faith. I want you to be God pleasers, not man pleasers, God pleasers. But faith without works is dead. Can you just dream with me for a moment? Not about a beach house. but what God would want to do through your life. Could it be that God is working something so beautiful in your life and wants to work something in and through you, but he's giving you a vision for what is not yet in front of you, that is going to require faith, a hope for, for the things that are unseen and what is future, but you are then going to start walking out in and say, God, you want to choose to use me? And you're just not like the demons who believe, but then you put action to your faith and say, God, if you've spoken, you're faithful to do the very thing that you're saying. Maybe this week you're going to begin to start posturing yourself and saying, God, I'm open. I'm open to be used by you. Here am I. You're going to start scouring God's word. Maybe you're going to start with this, this simple idea that his heart is that none should perish. And maybe he's, you're going to go back to the, the great commission and go into all the world. And maybe you're going to start saying, God, you know what? You spoke this into my heart, even as a child, and I put it on the shelf. And now God's saying it's time to take it off the shelf and start doing something with this. Would you act? Would you put action to your belief? And faith is just not faith in something or faith in faith, but faith is, is believing in a faithful God that he is able and willing and capable to do the thing that he has spoken. Are you with me? I'm really encouraged because we're going to be moving into a season this fall of, um, of life groups again, our discipleship pathway, you know, from our saved. I actually had a few conversations even just this morning. A new person is going to be stepping up to lead a group and it's going to take faith to do it. But they're going to trust that that I heard from God and they went and prayed about it and they, they believe that this is what God has called them to next. And, but I, I said this in that conversation, I said, but, but our job is going to be finding people who don't know Jesus and then invite them into this group. It's going to take faith to do that. But guess what? Our action to share our testimony, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus is going to be faithful to draw people to him. He's already stirring in people's hearts and he's just waiting for us to be faithful, to put action 
to our faith, to allow it to come to life. We're going to move into a season on August 18th. One service, by the way. Remember, one service. We haven't picked the time yet, but just keep on your calendar. August 18th, one service for a baptism Sunday. It's going to be a barbecue afterwards, and so we'll have a great time uh, of celebration. But I really want to shift. We're moving into a season to shift away from just coming and just enjoying God's presence. But I believe that he's called us into a time that he's wanting to send us back out and really going after it. So why do we have to start here, though, when we're going after it? Meaning we have to start an understanding that it's impossible to please God without faith. God is the initiator of the instruction for him to then be faithful to accomplish what he's doing, but it takes our action. Faith without works is dead. It requires our action to activate the things that God has spoken. I'm really trusting that this is going to become a a great harvest season of many souls who are going to come to Christ. But you know who are the ones who are going to be the reapers of souls? It's going to be you as you share your faith with others. Now, if you are here today and you're saying, I I don't even have a relationship with Jesus and, and I don't even really understand what this faith thing is all about. And today I want to say today can be your day to know Jesus. By the way, I do this every Sunday, not so I take you off the hook to say, oh, I'm going to drag my friends here. And so the pastor gets to lead people to Christ because you can do this the same way. But I also know that sometimes people come in these doors who are looking for answers. They're looking for hope and they're looking for something that's going to they're going to build their life on. And that is Jesus Christ. And if you are here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, he is your rock. He's your salvation. He's your hope. He'll never let you down. He wants to have an active part in your life. He wants to be not only your Lord, but your Father in heaven, this familiar relationship. The interesting thing is sometimes people have these wrong conjured thoughts of who God is. Like he's this angry God up there who's ready to you know, send the lightning bolts down. But do you realize that the scripture actually says that it's his loving kindness that leads us to repentance? It's his loving kindness. And that's the nature of who God is. And so when we're inviting you to receive Christ, Christ does this. He allows us to now have a relationship with our Father in heaven. The work that Jesus did on the cross is his ultimate sacrifice for us. Even though soldiers put him there, he willfully chose to die for us, for our sins. It's our sin that separates us from God. And Jesus, who came and said, you know, I'm going to take care of that sin for you. When we accept Jesus into our life, now we have become... Jesus now represents us. And God doesn't see our sin in our life. doesn't mean we go on sinning, but it means that Jesus now has the ability to start working in our lives to help us grow and become more like him. So as we close our eyes today and as we posture our hearts, let's just think of two things. One is maybe ask ourselves, 
who's our family and friends, our co-workers that don't know Jesus yet. Think about them. Think about how God maybe would want to use you this week to find a moment to share your story of how Jesus found you and what he's done in your life. Invite somebody to know Jesus into their lives. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ into your life before and you want to do that today, I'll just pray for you. I'll just say a simple prayer right now. I won't call you out. I won't call you forward. But if you just acknowledge that you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, would you just slip up your hand just so I can acknowledge it? Thank you. Anybody else? You want Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Thank you. Father, we just thank you for those hands that went up today. And Lord, I just pray that, um, that for those hands and their hearts, and even if their hand didn't go up, Lord, they, they, they know. They know where they're at with you. Jesus, I just pray that they would have an openness right now to say, Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for going to the cross for my sin, my shame, my guilt. You took all that away. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. The Bible says that we're a new creation when we come to you, Jesus, and ask you into our life. And so, Father, we thank you for spiritual birth that takes place today. Thank you for for going not only to the cross, but then um, three days later, overcoming death by um, coming back alive, being raised again to life, conquering death, indicating that you were are truly the Son of God. That is only through you, Jesus, that we can find peace with our Father in heaven. That we can only be in right relationship with our Father in heaven only through you, Jesus. So we thank you, Jesus. And for all of us, maybe it's a good moment just to be refreshed and rekindled of what it, remembering what it was like when we gave our life to Jesus. Our lives were transformed to experience and feel his love and that was rekindled. And Father, let us not take that for granted, but let us share that hope with others this week. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, what you're doing in this church. Lord, I pray that our faith would arise, that we'd ask for greater faith by your Holy Spirit. The faith that we would have is to believe what you said and that we would start walking it out, Lord Jesus, faithfully walking it out, trusting in a faithful God. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.